is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Ah, oh, it's great. It's lovely. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Hot? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's hot. And, you know, I've been, we've been pre-taping so many things today, and we're in a warehouse that has no air conditioning, so it's really ridiculous. And, you know, but... Uh, we're going to be moving to a new facility uh, at the end of the month with air conditioning and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In Texas in June with no AC, that is brave. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> there, there, we have a great photo when I was doing my interview with uh, Alan Dershowitz where uh, I think it was like 97 degrees outside. And so they, my team bought a pile of dry ice. They laid around my feet, had a fan blowing dry eyes up under my skirt while I was oh, doing the interview. It was pretty my funny. gosh, that's epic. I can, I can give you another octave. <laughs> wow. I, now that I know we'll you were... Fall asleep. We should probably get this. Uh, now that I know you were going through all of that while, while we were watching you, I have a whole... I'm going to have to go back and watch the interview. Yeah. I have a whole new level of respect for... Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you. I'm just going to do a quick intro. I'm already recording, then we can start talking. Welcome back to the Andy Wakefield podcast. Uh, We are in the final throws here. We have Andy Wakefield extracted from the editing room for one of the last times. And Andy, so great to be back again with you here. Good to be back, Laurie. Yeah, um, we're about to give birth. It's been an interesting gestation, but uh, here we are. We're almost there. Well, it's a privilege to welcome our guest today. I, I feel so honored to be here uh, with you and him, given that the two of you really created this entire ruckus. You started this this whole new wave that we are continuing to uh, experience in all new ways. So uh, I'll let you do the introductions. Dell, it's so great to have you on the show. I, I always feel that you devote so much time to allowing other people to tell their stories that you really get to tell your story, if ever. And uh, it's a great story from from the Doctor's TV show to uh, Vaxxed and now to The High Wire. And so, please, I just want you to take the opportunity to tell people about that journey and whether you would do it all over again, whether you have any regrets mm-hmm. or whether... <laughs> Kali uh, Safari, no. as they say in Swahili. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no regrets, actually. In fact, I feel really incredibly blessed uh, to have the life that I have now. You know, I've always been into media and, you know, my father was a minister, my brother and sister are ministers, but I always felt like I, I wanted to do something that helped evolve the planet, but it wasn't based on my spiritual life. Though I have a spiritual life that wasn't sort of what I wanted to be involved in. I was always fascinated by politics and then ultimately wanted to be making films in Hollywood and I was going to change the world. You know, I went there with that sort of wide-eyed plan. And then between being an actor in New York, my time in Hollywood, I really, I, I racked up nearly 20 years waiting tables which was pretty uh, incredible, you know, all the time making little movies and documentaries and, and music videos. You know, my life sort of started taking shape upon the moment where a friend of mine called and said, hey, I, you know, you're a great shooter. Can you come and we need an extra camera guy for the Dr. Phil show. And so I did that. And you know how those things go. They ask you to do it again. And next thing you know, you're on staff at Dr. Phil. My life just started 
taking this course. And then, you know, within a few years being on the Dr. Phil show, uh, the McGraw family decided to create a show around medicine uh, called The Doctors. And so I was directly involved with running around and shooting surgeries for the first time for a television show and figuring out how we would make that a television. It was really awesome uh, to be at the ground floor and do something no one had ever done before. And that sort of led to, I was six years, I won an Emmy Award on the Doctors television show and celebrating science and medicine. But I, you know, you know me, uh, Andy, and I, I like a good controversy and a good story. And as a reporter and a journalist, you're always looking for that scoop that nobody else got. And that certainly came to me the moment one of my sources reached out to me and said, you know, there's a whistleblower at the CDC, Dr. William Thompson, his name, he's going to come forward in two weeks and express to the world that they're committing scientific fraud at the CDC. You know, of course, I didn't have any idea what that meant. I mean, I only, you know, later found out that what he was referencing was the tapes that you and Brian Hooker, you know, the scientist up there in Redding, California, had uh, recorded of Dr. William Thompson making these confessions, and those were going to come out online. I had no idea you or anybody was involved with that. All I knew was there was this story out there. I pitched it to my executive producers, and they were, you know, they basically laughed in my face. And I, and I had a really good gig there. I mostly got to do the stories I wanted to do. They would usually say, Dell, that doesn't even make sense to us, but, you know, you are one of our highest rated producers. They'd always say the same thing. Is it going to rate, Dell? Is it going to rate? Meaning, are the ratings going to be high? And I said, of course, of course. You're talking about Dell Baytree here. And so I, I had a good, <laughs> a, a good path there. But they didn't want to touch that story. And, and that bothered me. And especially two weeks later, when I saw those statements that ended up in peering in backs where Thompson saying things like, we hid statistically important information. And every time I see a child with autism, I feel guilty. I can't believe we did what we did. You know, I saw those statements and thought, wow, this is gigantic. And then no one covered it. I and mean, of course, I say all of this in VAX, and I don't need to rehash that. But, you know, Andy, you'll find this. Funny, two days ago, uh, Francesco, who did our soundtrack, was in town, and I went out to breakfast with him, um, and uh, we were just talking about how all of this came together. And I think the, the, the story that I rarely get to tell, but it's important to me, is, you know, I was sitting in my office, and not only had I not been able to tell the, the, the William Thompson story, but I was uh, supposed to have Senator Richard Pan in my show, who came to the doctors to celebrate this law, SB 277, that was going to take the rights away from parents to opt out of the vaccine program. I was called over to the stage and said, we're putting this in a show of yours, Dell. And I remember watching him. And, and now most people know I wasn't vaccinated as a child. I wasn't vaccinating my own kids. You know, I didn't know the science, honestly, behind it. I just thought, I'm healthy. I liked how I was raised. And I'm going to do the same thing with my kids. And here's this guy basically saying that's going to be illegal in California. And, you know, I fought afterwards and said, I don't think that should be in my show. I think it's too long. I used excuses other than the fact that I think this guy is going to attempt to end the world as I know it. But it really, the amazing things in life are, you know, I was sitting in my office one day really upset. I was getting very frustrated that this SB 277 law was really starting to take uh, get momentum. And this whistleblower story was out there and it just seemed like nobody was covering it. And I, you know, I say 
you know, that's where I sat in my office and said a, really a prayer about it. It wasn't usual that I would do that, but I just said, you know, I really appreciate the life that I have, but I feel like I'm supposed to be using media to stop laws like this SB 277. And I am so drawn to this story about this Dr. William Thompson guy and this whistleblower, and I'm on the one show that will not go anywhere near it. I just want guidance. I need some understanding of what I'm supposed to do right now. And 30 seconds later, the phone rings, and it's this PR person, Donna Schumann, who I'd met before and had tried to get different stories, you know, threw me onto the show. And she said, do you know who Dr. Andy Wakefield is? I said, yes. Um, and I really didn't know a lot about you, Andy, other than you were just this very controversial <laughs> doctor that, you know, had made this connection to vaccines and autism. But, you know, and I knew, I mean, I had sort of the villainous perspective, but I always, I was suspect of it, right? I was suspect of the story of you, Andy, because it just pops up at the weirdest times. It's just like when someone goes out of the way to mention someone that's really not even a part of the story, every time something about vaccines would come on the news, there was this Dr. Andy Wakefield guy in England. I just thought this is the longest running one hit wonder story of all times. What is it about this guy that they need to talk about him all the time? So I was really curious in meeting you. And of course, I had just really had this profound moment saying, I want to be a part of this vaccine discussion. So it felt like something was happening. And I said to Donna, uh, what, what's going on? She said, we're meeting in the Hollywood Hills. Andy Wakefield is going to be there. And so I, you know, of course, showed up. I, I, I tracked you down and, and you and I ended up just having a conversation. I don't know if you remember it, Andy, but I do. You know, I, I was just curious about vaccines and what was going on and what your sort of history had been. And you didn't tell me why you were there. You were just saying, well, this law SB 277 is very dangerous. And I know. Uh, and I think that it's, it's going, you know, it doesn't, it seems like a destruction of freedom. And I feel like I was pissing off a lot of people because they couldn't get to you because I was grabbing all of your, your time and energy. And then I'll never forget, somebody walked up and said, hey, Andy, you got to do your pitch. And I remember thinking, pitch, what, what does that mean? And I'm pretty sure, you know, they say get on your soapbox. I'm pretty sure they had a soapbox like in the backyard there. Like you stepped up <laughs> on this little box and you gave this talk and you essentially laid out how SB 277 need to be stopped. You cannot give up your right and control over you know, your children's bodies and, and what's injected into them. And then you said, you know, what I'm doing about it is I'm making a documentary about a whistleblower at the CDC named Dr. William Thompson. I think you said you'd been working on the documentary for over a year and you needed funding to finish it up. And I just, I'll never forget just thinking, I mean, it's impossible to describe what a moment like that feels like. It, you know, in film, we do that trick where you sort of dolly forward, but focus pull back. So the background slides in around you and the ray of sunshine beats down on the character. <laughs> you know, it, it felt like that moment. And the music, music plays. Right. <laughs> and and I only had one thought. Out. I just thought, wow. All right. Well, what, this is one of those filmic, you know, spiritual encounter moments. And I, I had one thought. It was just, you know, Dell, those people that run up to you and say, you know, I had a dream we were going to work together. I said a prayer. It was answered. And you were here. And it always is someone you run from as quickly as you can. And I just thought, <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> don't you be became that guy. that guy. You were no. that guy. 
Oh, so it, you know, Andy, I, I walked up to you, I think, and I said, so what do you need? Where are you at? And, you know, you said you, you were looking for distribution and, and a soundtrack, Some, somebody to do the soundtrack. And so I left and made two calls. I called the, I called Cinema Libre, um, who was a company I'd almost worked with several films. We danced multiple times, but never got across the finish line and said, would you touch a documentary about vaccines made by one of the most controversial people in that discussion, Dr. Andy Wakefield. And they said, yeah, we'll look at it if it's any good. You know, we're, we're interested in quality. I said, okay. And then I called uh, Francesco, who I just was saying I saw a couple of days ago. And, and I said, uh, you know, Francesco, you've done music for Terrence Malick films. Would you ever consider doing, you know, a soundtrack for a documentary about vaccines? And he said, you mean those things that are killing our children? You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield Podcast in its entirety and much more. Thank you.